Well, good evening. Thank you guys for being here tonight. I'm really excited that you're going to be here for this exhaustive, real-world study on the Song of Solomon in modern terms. Not really. Not really. We're going to be discussing our reading from last week in 1 Kings 3, 1 through 15, if you'd like to read along. Solomon made a marriage alliance with Pharaoh, king of Egypt. He took Pharaoh's daughter and brought her into the city of David until he had finished building his own house and the house of the Lord and the wall around Jerusalem. The people were sacrificing at the high places, however, because no house had yet been built in the name of the Lord. Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statutes of David his father, only he sacrificed and made offerings at the high places. And the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the great high place Solomon used to offer a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God asked, Ask what I shall give you. And Solomon said, You have shown great and steadfast love to your servant David my father, because he walked before you in faithfulness, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart toward you. And you have kept for him this great and steadfast love and given him a son to sit on his throne this day. And now, O Lord, you have made your servant king in place of David my father. Although I am but a little child, I do not know how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too many to be numbered or counted for multitude. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to govern this, your great people? It pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this, and God said to him, Because you have asked this, and have not asked for yourself long life or riches, or the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right, behold, I now do according to your word. Behold, I give you a wise and discerning mind, so that none like you has been before you, and none like you shall rise after you. I give you also what you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that no other king shall compare with you all your days. And if you will walk in my ways, keeping my statutes and my commandments, as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. And Solomon awoke, and behold, it was a dream. Then he came to Jerusalem and stood before the ark of the covenant of the Lord and offered up burnt offerings and peace offerings and made a feast for all his servants. Wow. Imagine that for a second. God comes to you in a vision and asks or says, ask what I shall give you. What would your answer be? I think Solomon did okay. Asking for wisdom seems like a pretty good thing. Maybe we can learn from him. So at first reading, this seems like a really straightforward passage. Like, okay, this is how Solomon gained all of his wisdom and blessings and riches and honors. But if we look deeper, I think that we can see things that we can apply to our lives today. Now, as I looked through this text and tried to pull out those deeper meanings and and tried to put together some points that we would talk about tonight, it reminded me more and more and over and over about a story that I heard a while back about a farmer. Now, this farmer was out in his field, and he's working, and he notices that there's a helicopter flying around his land. And he doesn't think much about it, because that doesn't really affect him as a farmer. But then he sees a cloud of dust that's coming towards him, 
and, uh, on his property. And so he decides he should stop and check it out. And as he goes out, a big SUV pulls up and a guy steps out with a gun on his side. Farmer walks up, says, what can I do for you, officer? And he introduces himself as Agent Smith with the DEA, and he explains that he's there because there's been a lot of drug activity, and he needs to look around the farm and make sure there's nobody storing or moving or, or growing drugs. The farmer says, hey, I don't like drugs any more than you do. Feel free to walk around, check everything out, do anything you need to do, let me know if you need any help. But don't go in that field over there. Now, I don't know how many of you have interacted with law enforcement officers, but they don't like it when you tell them what they can and can't do. Agent Smith didn't like this either. Agent walks up, he says, hey, shoves a badge in the farmer's face. You know what this is? Yes, sir, it's a, it's a badge. Do you know what that badge means? It means that I've got the authority of the federal government to go wherever I want to go, and I'll do what I need to do to carry out my duty." Farmer says, hey, by all means, you're in charge. Walks over, unlocks the lock on the gate, lets Agent Smith go out into the field. Goes back to work. Now, a few minutes later, Farmer hears a big commotion. So he looks up, and he smiles when he sees Agent Smith running at full speed towards him, screaming, open the gate, open the gate, because there's a huge bull behind Agent Smith. And the farmer grins and runs up, puts his foot on the fence as Agent Smith runs by and says, Agent Smith, don't worry, don't worry. Show him your badge. <laughs> now that DEA agent, he wasn't prepared. He didn't know anything about farming. He didn't know anything about that farmer. And if he did, he would have worried when he saw that lock on the gate. Maybe he would have asked some more questions. But he knew what he wanted and he knew when he wanted it, and he wanted it right now. We're a lot like Agent Smith. Don't we come to God that way sometimes? Come and we say in the spur of the moment, when we see some perceived need or want, God, if I could just win the lottery, if I could just get that new job, if I could just live in a house like that, or in a neighborhood like that, or maybe... If I just had a husband like that, or a wife like that, or a boyfriend, or a girlfriend, we don't really put a lot of thought into what we want, except that we want it, and we want it right now. And when Solomon made his petition to God, he was a little more prepared. He came to God from worship. It says that he had just presented a thousand burnt offerings. Now, why is that important before we go to God and we ask for something? Because it puts God in his place, and it puts us in our place. God is above us. He's above this earth. And his wishes are so much greater than ours. Now, another thing, when Solomon petitioned God, he was alone with God. Now, I'm not saying that you can't pray in a group or that you can't meet together in a group and, and pray and ask God for things. What I'm saying is that you need to spend time alone with God. You need to make time for God. You need to make time to study His Word. You need to make time to pray. And most of all, you need to make time to sit in silence and wait for His reply. I'm saying that we need to slow down and that we need to spend time thinking about what God is telling us, what He's saying about our lives before we ask Him to make changes. 
And when we go to the Lord, we should also be humble. Look back in verse 7. Solomon says, And now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of David my father. Although I am but a little child, I do not know how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too many to be numbered or counted for multitude. What Solomon realizes and what he's saying in this verse is that none of these things, none of these blessings that he's already received are from his own power. They're from the power of God. Just like us, we're no different. Look around at all the ways that we're blessed. We live in a time where technology and where industry have made our lives vastly more easy, better, and safer. Our transportation systems have made trips that used to take months and were sometimes deadly take hours and be just routine. We wake up every day. We live in a country that's not only the most blessed place on the earth, but the most blessed place in the history of the earth. Not from our power, but by the grace of God. And we need to look around and we need to see those blessings. We need to count those many blessings. And we need to be humble. And when we come before the Lord and we ask what He will give us, we need to look at our motivations. Solomon was appointed by God to rule over his people after his father David. But when he's confronted with God saying, ask what I shall give you, he doesn't ask for riches or for more territory, for greater lands or for blessings. He realizes instead that he, he needs those things, he wants those things. Any king would, any person would. But what does Solomon say? Look back at verse 9. When Solomon's confronted with that, he says, Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, that I may discern between good and evil, for who is able to govern this, your great people. See, what Solomon realized was that he was ill-equipped to do the job that had been put before him. So he didn't ask for the results of being a great king. He asked for a tool to allow him to be a great king, to rule with wisdom and with justice. Now too often, I think, at least for myself, maybe you've had this problem too, when I think of something that I want, I think of the end result. I want the big house, but I want to talk about a mortgage. I want the nice car, but I don't want to talk about the payments. I want a beautiful wife who always looks great wherever she goes, but I don't want to think about the high maintenance that comes with Oh, wait. No. You, you, sorry, that was, that was another talk. Sorry. Sorry about that. <laughs> with that being said, we need to be more mature in our thinking, especially when it pertains to prayer and the things that we ask. Like, for instance, I ask for wisdom for this message tonight. And some of you are probably thinking that my preparation or my humility or my motivation must have been off. <laughs> we need to spend time thinking and asking what task or task are laid before us. 
and then ask for the tools that we need to carry that out and not just instant results. It's not wrong to want things. It's not wrong to ask, but be intentional when you ask. Ask in the correct way and ask for things that are going to help you do the will of God. We are no less children of God than Solomon was, and we shouldn't be less blessed. He wants to bless us, but we need to think of Him, God, more as our Father who art in heaven and less like our giant sugar daddy in the sky. Now, you may be thinking this is all well and good for Solomon, but the chances of tonight, I go home, lay my head down, and God comes to me in a vision and says, ask what I will give you. It's probably slim, and you might be right. But consider this. As Christians today, we live under the new covenant, not the old. Christ intercedes for us. And he tells us in Matthew 7 and again in Luke 11, almost the exact same words. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. That sounds very close to me to ask what I shall give you. So ask. Ask for things. Ask for blessings. Ask for the tools that you need. But before you ask, prepare your heart and prepare your mind through worship. Spend time alone with God and be humble before the Lord and be motivated to do His work. And then, then ask for your life to be blessed. Every day, every time we wake up is a new opportunity. God's still saying to each of us, what shall I give you? What's your answer? Lord, I just thank you for this opportunity for us to be here tonight. We thank you, Lord, that you are still blessing your children, that you are still asking us how you can bless us and that we can, we can come to you in prayer and ask for the things that we need. Lord, thank you that we live in this country with so many blessings and help us to use those blessings. Help us to ask for and use the tools that you give us to carry out your work here and in the world around us. In Christ's name we pray these things. Amen.